insightful comment here. This is Corey and this is the, the Anthem Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. We're minds of children and the bodies of old men. <laughs> this is episode 283 of the Early Anthem Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're coming to you from the hashtag OTALA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way to find it is to go to anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. You will find uh, the links to all the different podcast platforms that we're available on right there. Uh, and of course, youtube.com forward slash O the Anthem for the video version of the podcast. Right. And of course, you can find more O the Anthem at O the Anthem on Twitter and Instagram. Um, all the videos at youtube.com forward slash O the Anthem. Um, you're watching right now at facebook.com forward slash O the Anthem, where you can watch the live video being recorded of the podcast every single week. Jump in the chat room, uh, ask us questions, make comments, uh, which we'll talk about live on the show. And of course, everything O the Anthem, including the merch store, is available at OtheAnthem.com. I feel like uh, what we need is a like little get loud, you know, like when you're at the stadium and you see like some player going like, get loud on the video board mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. We need to have like those little intersected in there every once in a while to like tell people to get loud in the comment section yeah sure yeah <laughs> uh but uh just see one person right don't get woo. yeah just stay quiet don't be distracting anyway don't, uh, don't express it into the physical world i guess is the the point he's trying to make don't yes don't be like if you're on the subway right now in new york like going to your mm-hmm. job that starts at midnight mm-hmm. <laughs> uh or if you are uh, don't be on the subway just being like woo if you're Corey's roommate and you're coming home don't come home and don't be mad. <laughs> All right, don't be loud. Just stay stay in the car and just wait till we're done. That's, Quietly. That's the best thing yeah. you can do. Uh, well, uh, speaking of getting loud and being up on the video board, I think it's just about that time to get into our weekly roundup of sports ball. It's fun to hear the music. It gets me pumped. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> we figured out a way to hear the music right here in the studio. Hmm, <laughs> yay. Uh, sports ball. Yes. Uh, the Ravens started one and zero. Wait a second. Are we have good news out of Baltimore and sports? I know. It's Ugh, strange. This, this uh long drawn out summer is uh mm. finally finally uh expressing itself in Ravens victories. But let's not uh, let's not be too hasty. Uh, Ravens went down to Miami and they played a football game and they won. Yeah. Uh, much as a uh, the University of Miami Hurricanes were. Yes. <laughs> undermatched i was gonna say i don't know for sure that uh they would have beaten the university of miami hurricanes (laughs) to be fair um but uh, you know they went down to miami last time that the ravens played in miami we were there yes and uh, we saw that game and uh there was more purple in the stadium than there were white and teal and orange well i think that was because a lot of the people in the stadium didn't like aspire to wear dolphins things of any kind that could be that too like it was just a lot of people wearing like hollister yeah who you assume are dolphin fans but they're not like yeah wearing teal so it's hard to tell i mean every time i saw somebody in pants and a long sleeve shirt i'm like they have to be from miami I, there's <laughs> no way it's, it's 70 degrees it's beautiful um and now I get anytime that i saw people doing coke in the bathroom i was like they must be from miami i mean also <laughs> that too yeah uh but uh yeah so we went down there and uh i believe at that point when we booked those tickets we were thinking hey maybe this team will be on the way to the playoffs by the time we go to miami instead what we were thinking is Let's have a nice vacation and hope that we get a good draft pick. Uh, I, I hope they lose in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be so, like, let's see a good game, but you know if they lose, they lose. I it's still fine. I still remember when we were uh, there, like at the end, the the Ravens lost on like the la- a last minute field goal mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, and like these Dolphin fans were just like, ah, you lost. I'm like, I wanted that yeah. to happen. <laughs> 
We're four picks in right now. <laughs> like one more loss and we got it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but that wasn't the case this time. Uh, 52 to 10 was the final score. Uh, 49 to 10. No, 52 to 10. What was it? 52 yeah, to 10. it was 52 to 10. 52. Yeah. No, because I was remember we were like three points off from the record. Yeah. Of like most points ever in a opening game. Resist. Yeah. Know. You know what record did get set in that game? Lamar's perfect passing. Record. Youngest quarterback <laughs> to ever have a, a perfect passer rating. Which, yeah. by the way, is 153.8? 58.3. 158.3. What um, the fuck? Really? Like, I mean, I still, uh, I've been watching football for a long time. I have no idea how they come up with that number. Yeah. I know they tried to, ESPN tried to like unveil some other number that was like supposed to. Does it round out to an even number? Because no, that would be just, helpful. I don't, I don't know. It, it, it was just a long year of ESPN on Monday Night Football going like, uh, so far, Joe Flacco has a near perfect passing record of 374.9. I'm just like, what is this number? Yeah. <laughs> hey. It makes less sense yeah. than the other number. I, uh, it's like batting average is so easy to figure out. It's let's, just like, if do- you went three for four, you have a 750 batting average. Yes. For the day. It's so easy. How about we, uh, just take it out of 10 or, or maybe out of a hundred to get that second decimal point. Just tell me what they got. I, I mean, I don't know, but just, let's just keep it simple out of a hundred. Yeah. That would make my life easy. But no, it's 158.3 is the perfect yeah. pass rating. And I think 100 is supposed to be sort of like a... Average? Yeah, it's supposed to be like a benchmark performance of like, if you do better than 100, you've had a better than average day sure. kind of thing. Which seems weird since... So you could look at it quickly and just be like, well, uh, 114 passer rating, he had a really good day. 100 is not quite two-thirds of the way, which no. doesn't make sense as a median. No, but it's like because it's a, a combination of like uh, uh, completion percentage and like another, a lot of other numbers that can drastically affect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the amount, you know? Well, listen, I, I don't think we'll ever understand what the <laughs> passer rating is, but I do want to discuss another number that uh, just doesn't seem to make sense to me. And that's the number of uh, fantasy points that Corey put up this week. Because, oh boy. It doesn't make sense to me either. Oh boy, was that a close one. Now, <sighs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't set my, sca- my uh, lineup on yeah. Thursday uh, or Saturday or Sunday morning. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the limit of what I did was get a news alert that said, hey, uh, Stefan Diggs is available and healthy. And I said, oh, okay, good. Uh, I won't have to change that lineup now. I'll wake up and do it. Switch to your camera real quick. Okay. Just for a second. Uh, hang on. We're going to do what's this. What do we do? So Corey's running to get something. But uh, yeah, so uh, I got the alert that said, hey, Stefan uh, Diggs is available. And I got it. And uh, so I was like, I'll, I'll change that in the morning. And then I woke up at uh, 1030. And for those of you who don't know, that's too late on the West Coast. On the West Coast, you have to be up before 10 in order to get the early games. And since I missed the early games, uh, which was, I don't know, more than half of my players, yeah. I was just like, nah, okay, we'll just let this ride this week. Uh, and now I'm in two leagues, uh, which just seems irresponsible on my <laughs> part. But um, I personally believe it. that... Uh uh, at least for week one, you should pretty much stick with the line unless there's some sort of weird injury. Yeah, you should stick with the lineup that you drafted with the intention of them playing. Well, I see some of those wasn't that though. Like I do think actually, if I look at it, I might have a suspended player in my starting lineup because it's just like I know I want them, but they're gonna be drafted. For the, they're not gonna be <laughs> playing for the first four weeks. I really just gotta check my lineup. I and I set a reminder for myself. The ironic thing, I set a reminder on Thursday of week four. Yeah, because it's the first week I have a bye week. But I didn't do it for, you know, week one in order to go set my first yeah. lineup. But what are you going to do? Yeah. Anywho, uh, I got huge points from Lamar. Yeah. And uh, 
I got blown from out. Mark Andrews and the Ravens defense and I got blown out. You did not. No. Sat here with a nail biter. Oh my god. Nail biter on Monday night. We had my opponent had Rob Clark had two people on Monday night football. Yeah. And I was doing that like, well, if they don't have the greatest games in the world, I can still win. I had like a whatever, like a thirty point advantage going in and I'm just yeah. like there's a way they could keep under this. And then there was a pass like with two minutes left in the game and uh uh Michael Thomas who he had caught a pass and he was one yard away from passing me yeah. for two yards. Because if he had one more yard, he would have still been point zero two points behind me. Yep. But I was doing that like, don't get another catch. Like, any catch is like immediate death for me. So I needed a... Uh... By the way, I, I hate that he's Johnny on the spot with the text and has HDTV. <laughs> because that text rolled in. You had just enough time to read it, well, it's look we're, up, It's because we're watch watching and streaming. Yeah. So, so sad. So sad. It's there's like, like, so there's like a 30 second delay on the streaming. <laughs> Just enough time to, to read the text and be like, oh, look up and watch the play happen on the it's, television. So. I, I think that uh, anybody I, I can't, you know, obviously Rob doesn't know that I'm on a little bit of a delay here. No, no. But I mean, like I get this with the push notifications too a lot of the time where it's just like. I'll be watching the Oriole game on MLB TV and it's just like a nail biter. And I'm just like, oh, man, maybe we'll walk this one off and then I'll get the notification like Orioles lose. And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for ruining the bottom of the ninth. For Thanks me. for ruining the fun. Yeah. Oh, well, I was sitting here wondering if Rio Ruiz was going to walk it off. But the, he's a player for the Orioles. I don't know if you know. I, I don't know any of the players for the, uh, <laughs> the Orioles. Uh, I might know the minor league system better at this point than I do the <laughs> starting players of the Orioles. Because all everybody's talking about on Twitter is uh, what Adley Myers. Rushman do today. Uh, are they still playing? No, they're not playing anymore. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I was oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> name the minor leaguer. Maybe I'm not in as touch as I thought <laughs> I was because I thought the season was over for everyone but the majors, which it is. Yes. Triple A's done. Double A's definitely done. They might be in the playoffs right now. I don't know. No, I think they're playing spring league. It's now. hard to imagine. Anyway, yeah. not important. Uh, you know who's not playing in the playoffs? The Orioles. And that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> you know who else is not playing in the playoffs? The Dolphins. Also that. Yes. <laughs> it's an uh, awful football team. The bigger news story of the week, not a bigger than the perfect passer rating by the youngest person ever, by the, the Oriole, or the Ravens 52 uh, to 10 blowout, is what happened before football even got rolling this week. That uh, Antonio Brown had some shenanigans happen early in the week. And negotiated his way into a much better situation, which I don't know how you fail upwards, but he figured it out. He didn't technically fail upwards. Uh, so uh, here, here's the basic timeline of events. Uh, Antonio Brown has been a problem all offseason. We talked about it a couple weeks ago with the uh, uh, when he was uh, threatening to retire over his helmet and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He got into a fight with the GM on the practice field, uh, punted a football, said, you're next. <laughs> Uh, and got suspended from the team for contract detrimental to the team, which would allow, if the Raiders wanted to cut him, to not have to pay him any of the bonus money that he has for the remainder of his contract. Uh, I think AB saw the the writing on the wall there. Oh, and violated the not only the, the extended money, but the signing bonus as well. Yeah. Lost everything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Antonio Brown then released a video onto YouTube that was like shot like a Nike commercial, like an all black and white, uh, with intersected conversations on the phone with John Gruden. Yeah. Where John Gruden's like, Can you knock it off with this shit? Can we can we do you want to be a raider and stuff like do you want to play football or not? What what is it with you? I just have to interject. <laughs> there is 
what is this dude's name? He did the song with Halsey, uh, the U and I song that people we know love so much. Mm. He's on the TV. He's dancing on top of a Hyundai Genesis. And I'm like, listen, I get if you stand on a Bentley while you're doing a rap video, but you're on a Hyundai Genesis. Yeah. What? Yeah. Look at me with my forty-two thousand uh, dollar luxury car. <laughs> the Hyundai Genesis is the car of pulling up to pulling up at the red light and going. It looks it's faster than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge it by the outside. Uh, yeah. Listen, I can get up to sixty in under four seconds in this car. It's not that's nothing to nothing to sneeze at there. Yes, uh, him and I is for the name G Easy. Oh yeah, G, which I probably should know. G Easy <laughs> on TV. No, I mean like good for you, bro. You you got your. Uh, Monday night football placement, but you're it's a Genesis halftime show and you're dancing on the top of a Hyundai Genesis. Like you should be embarrassed slightly. I, I just sometimes I wonder if uh they're like the the people from Monday Night Football are like, all right, so uh, this thing this spot is uh, brought to us by Genesis, so you're gonna have to dance on top of the car. And are the yeah. guys ever just like, oh okay, sure. I mean, that's exactly what he did. He was. I like, get money for dancing on the car, right? And it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, then, fine. I'll do it. I guess. I think I would be like, absolutely fucking not. One point yeah. five million. Okay. Where's the car? <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. am not gonna fall through the sunroof of this car, right? Is that? No, he's on the hood. He doesn't have to worry about the sunroof. Uh, anyway, it, this just distracting to see a guy. I'm like, I look and I see, out the corner of my eye, I see a guy dancing on a car, and I assume it must be a Bentley. So I subtly turn towards you to act like I'm looking at you, and I realize it's a fucking Hyundai Genesis. <laughs> and it's just in my head, and I can't get it out. Anywho, um, back to Antonio Brown. Yes. So, uh, yeah. so he releases a video with uh, phone taped conversations of uh, John Gruden. Uh, asking him whether or not he's serious about playing football. Which by the way, may or may not be illegal yeah. under California <laughs> law. Two party consent in California. Yes. Uh, just as an FYI. Um, and then uh, they release him the next day. And then within what feels like two minutes, the Patriots sign him to a $15 million deal with $10 million of a guaranteed, the rest of it based off of performance. Uh, and then apparently there's also a team option for next year for 10 million. So hypothetically under best, best case scenario over two years, he can make 25 million as opposed to 30 million over two years. So he's losing out a little bit of money there uh, and not guaranteed money. Yeah. I mean, but, he's not going to get the bonus anymore, but uh, I mean, I mean, if he pulls some shit two weeks from now and like, you know, says Belichick's wife's pussy smells bad or something like that and slaps him, then he'll be released and no <laughs> money. <laughs> Like he's getting his his thing is prorated over how many weeks he plays. So it's like a ten it's ten million dollars guaranteed, yes, but the rest of the money is based off of how many games he plays. So. But he's like a um I'm just trying to think of what kind of ridiculous story could come out where like Belichick can't just like I was gonna say I feel like Bill Belichick would put up with a lot of shit to keep A <laughs> B on the team. Just like I feel like Bill Belichick would put up with no shit. That's the t- Do you think so? Like I mean I just I if you know you're missing something, Gronk's not there. You need I, feel, a third I feel like weapon. I feel like Belichick like walks up to Antonio Brown to introduce himself, and it's just like, "Hello, I am Sir." That is what you call me. <laughs> My name is Sir. Yes, Sir. Hey, uh, you ever seen? I mean, that he movie? has a Navy kid, so I mean, like, you ever seen that movie Django? <laughs> you're about to live it. Here we go. Oh my god. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't even know where I go. From I'm that. about to throw this no, but fucking I, thing out the window. <laughs> I'm so. I'm so like I think the Goodell needs to get involved in these sort of things though, Why? where cause, just because like it's fucking ridiculous that the Patriots can sign Antonio Brown like it it should just be like a rule like 
they they should need like Goodell should just be like no 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 that's not allowed <laughs> like everyone else gets a you have to wait a week before you can sign them if every other team has a chance for a week like it should be like reverse waivers or something like here's that, the big you know? question though do you think that was all part of the plan I think so yes like his agent already got him to deal with the with it seemed the like England? it just came together too quickly yeah yeah but like it was just like a like. You know, like uh, the G- uh, Bel- Belichick just called up Drew Rosenhaus, and he's like, "How about fifteen million for a year?" So I was like, "Done, gotcha." <laughs> like, you know, you know, he's on a team already. I'll figure something out. <laughs> it's fine. Record his coach. <laughs> so, that's how I got everywhere I needed like, do you to, need do. me to Recording in, other players' coaches. <laughs> should I bring somebody in with some binoculars, or I mean, do you need some? <laughs> we got some equipment that'll cut out the radios. Will that help? <laughs> I don't really understand. I don't know. What do you, What do you need? We got a whole bunch of spy equipment here. If you need it. <laughs> Um, just go to our go to our spy room, pick out a couple things. Yeah. it's just like it's it's too convenient. <laughs> AB's for new helmet has antennas on it. <laughs> he gets on the side like and he just like cocks it to the side, <laughs> one direction. Like I hear you, loud and clear. <laughs> um, He's literally, wearing, his new helmet is a Patriots helmet. He's with the Raiders. I figured I wouldn't waste your time. <laughs> I didn't want to have him make him repaint my new yeah. helmet twice. So here we go. Spent a lot of time trying to find this helmet. I don't really want to have to deal with it twice. But it, it's uh, it just seemed a little too convenient for it to be accidental. So I, I don't think it was. I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's one of those things where. Um, well, because the Patriots tried to trade for him, too. Yeah. The the Steelers were just like uh, the Patriots made him an offer for AB and the Steelers were just like, fuck, no, you're no. not getting him. We're not giving you <laughs> the tools by which to beat us. Yeah. Yes. So they trade him across the country, and I, I imagine that the Raider, the at some point, somebody on the Patriots just like texted AB and it's just like, "Yo, act like a a huge asshole," and then sign with the Patriots. Yeah, if you can get released, <laughs> we have a place for you. Yeah. Now, and I mean, I, I don't know that Roger Goodell really needs to get involved. <laughs> and his but. desk was a secret Antonio Brown contract, just <laughs> waiting for. Already signed, just already signed, <laughs> just waiting for it to be available. Yeah. We're gonna date it at some point. We just gotta wait for him to get released. Now, it's just like. I, and when you say have Goodell get involved, I mean, fuck Goodell. But yeah, my well, whole thing is just it's I, I don't trust Goodell to do this right. That's the no, problem. Yeah. Where are the other owners, though? Where are the other ones who are like, wait, wait a second. So yeah. what you're telling me is they get in an argument on Monday. He gets released on Tuesday and he literally is signed 15 minutes later <laughs> to another team. And apparently that makes him ineligible for the week, right? Because yeah. it happened on Tuesday, so he couldn't play this week one. He couldn't officially sign until Monday. Till this think, coming Monday. Yeah, because right. I think there was like technically a waiver thing where like if he was signed prior to Monday, then you would have to assume the contract that the Raiders just released him from. Oh, well. Yeah, and so, they don't want to do that. <laughs> Nobody wants to give him that kind of money. Maybe he'll <laughs> act like an asshole and you'll have to cut him. Who knows? So... Can you imagine him playing the long con? Like, all right, I want you to sign me to the same contract and then have a third backup team that he's like, going to act like an asshole and get released. Sign with the Jets. Just tank a couple Patriots games and sign with the Jets with this new $30 million contract. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, it, <laughs> he walks out of the Patriots locker room like, you've been had. <laughs> I I don't know if you watch Puts any, on his mass Singer outfit and leaves. I don't know if you've watched any of uh, AB's videos uh, or heard him speak in more than short sentences, but uh, seems to be probably, we're giving him more credit than I think we could <laughs> actually give him. His agent came up with this plan, if anybody. It's like whenever the people talk about Trump playing four-dimensional chess. Yeah. Like, no, no. No, it's uh, not. <laughs> 
Things just happen. He doesn't work know out what he him. does. Yeah, yeah. He just does things and they happen. Sorry. Uh, real quick, just uh, before we get out of sports ball, I just yeah. wanted to say one thing about the Ravens game because uh, I was texting some people uh, and saying that the uh, Ravens should be on their radar and that like I, I think this is the start of a really good season for the Ravens. Yeah. And the constant thing I got back was it's the Dolphins. They're a dumpster fire. This game doesn't count. It shouldn't. You shouldn't put any expectations based off of what they, happened in this game. They aren't even trying right now. I, you said, listen, they're a professional football team. I did not. They are I, giving 100% out there on that field. Here's my, here's my counterpoint. You ready for this? Yes, go ahead. Uh, the Ravens have been talking all season long about this new offense that they plan to unveil that is going to revolutionize football. Yes. I think they got up to such a quick lead so quickly in this Dolphin game that they were like, uh, why don't we put that secret <laughs> offensive game plan back in the back in the tool shed for a little while? There's no reason for us to do anything here that we might need later. And uh, uh, something that gave me a hint of that as well was during the game, there was a, a punt attempt. They were mm -hmm. out lined up for the punt, and they went for it on fourth down and just ran up the middle of the field Yeah, with, like, Anthony Levine Sr. or something like that. I think that play is preparing themselves a game situation where they could practice the blocking of that play, but not necessarily the runner of that play okay so i think that later in the year we're going to see that same exact play play out in some sort of big key moment but instead of anthony levine back there it'll be justice hill or somebody who has a little bit has some wheels on them you know okay maybe uh hollywood will be back there and then as soon as they get the direct snap and they go off then it's a lot more than the 43 yards that levine got you know if you get a real runner back there but what you're saying is that uh, it's possible to pick up more than 43 yards on. Uh, I'm just saying, like it, that 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 play worked out so well because the blocking was perfect. Yes. And if Levine had wheels, then he could have scored a touchdown on that play. Instead, he only got inside the the red zone. I think on that play, right? Yeah. Yeah. But still, I'm saying like that's the type of thing where like Harbaugh is like, let's practice something that we're going to use later. Mm -hmm. Let's practice that blocking scheme for our secret fourth down play. Where we get lots of yards, you know? Yeah, I uh, I didn't watch the actual game. Um, like I said, I slept until 1030. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough year. I, f I forget, and for the last three years, I've forgotten how bad it is to try and get up for the football Oh, it's going to be a rough Sunday year morning. for you trying to get up for yes. football. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So I think what I've resolved to do is I'm going to take my, sun my Saturday nights, and I'm going to treat... Between 6 and midnight on a Saturday night, like a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Then, and by Sunday morning, I need sleep. And then I'm going to get up at midnight, and I'm going to go to the bar. And then I'm going to start drinking at about midnight, and I'm just going to push all the way through the end of the game. <laughs> so right until 1 p.m. Yeah. Which is about, like, you know, a long su a Saturday, long Sunday. Yeah. And then... Pass out. And pass then out and sleep all day. Yeah. And then wake up on Monday refreshed and ready to go. Hopefully so. Uh, hopefully not wake up early, like this 8, 9 p.m. This doesn't sound like liver liver disease at all to me. Oh, listen. I'm sure <laughs> it will be fine. I can't imagine that anything will go horribly wrong at all. Anyway. So that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Uh, that's sports ball. All right. Yes. I just realized, do you have uh, the... Yes, you do. I see it up there. Okay. Uh, we didn't put the topics in any particular order. So I don't know if there's anything you want to start with uh, off the top. 
Well, I mean, I think we should start with Trump's week okay. and yes. all the all the ridiculousness because that that seems to be there seems to be a lot of things tied into that, and I feel like we can knock out a lot of okay. A while, lot of our topics with while that. While you intro that, I'm going to grab a charger. So Okay. Go. All right. So um, since we last recorded, uh, Trump has had a very unusual week. Um, it started with him saying that uh, the hurricane uh, had a chance of reaching Alabama. It did. <laughs> Which uh, no prognosticator thought was a realistic situation. Uh, including the NOAA out of Alabama, the Birmingham field office, who had to put out a tweet almost immediately after Trump's uh, initial tweet saying, no, Alabama is not in the path of storm. Please don't listen to the president. Uh, Carry on with your business kind of thing. Uh, That followed up with Trump going, yes, I was told that it might hit Alabama. And then coming into the Oval Office with a chart of all the possible places where the storm may go, including a sharpie in part that included Alabama. Like, so it had, it had like a professionally made chart with crudely drawn Sharpie around Alabama. Now listen, I've never worked in the white house before, but I feel like that's totally exactly what they do. Right. <laughs> like they print up the good chart and then they bring it in and, uh, and then somebody goes, Oh, we forgot something. And then forgot just crudely, this part here. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Like, but apparently there was like a 1% chance that it goes to Alabama. <laughs> He the way Trump had had worded it was like there's a there's a high likelihood of this. Yes. Happening. People in Alabama need to run and, from their lives. And here's here's the here's the part that's particularly pecan about the whole situation. Uh, doctoring government uh, uh, documents like this, because mm-hmm. the NOA prognostication that they put together there is a government document. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is a felony. Uh, so Trump committed a felony. Wait, 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 when wait, he, wait. When he drew wait. in Alabama on that chart, you and I both know that Richard Nixon has set the tone for this. And what did Richard Nixon say? The president cannot commit a crime. It's not a crime when the president does it. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. It's not a crime. Sorry. Sorry, Corey. As much as you'd like to find as much a crime, as, as much as it would be a felony for anybody else, it's not a felony with the president. To be fair, he could just pardon himself, and then it'll be good. It'll be fine. It doesn't even matter. I'd love it if the Democrats brought this as their like. This is what brings him down. <laughs> We're gonna impeach him over this fucking sharpie. So like, really? You have to this show that the, he drew it, though. This is the thing. He he does everything in sharpie. That's the problem. That's that's how uh, that that's what gave him away. Yes, you're right. Because like whenever he like writes anything, it's always in char- like when, if you ever look at his like legal pad Sharpie. of like things he has to talk about, he's just like you know like. <laughs> now, I don't think Fox holding- News good written in Sharpie. I, on say, I don't think you're holding the pen exactly how he would hold it there. What like this? There you that? go. Now we're talking. <laughs> yes, like just I'm, a toddler well, with a crayon. Like I'm stewing a cauldron. Like, dear Santa, <laughs> I've been a very good boy this year. <laughs> For this year, I just want my father's love. Mm, not gonna happen. Sorry. Uh, wait, wait. That was, was never that in the cards. Or that was, was that uh, Donald. That, or? that was that was uh, Don Senior. Don Senior. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but yes. Yeah, so uh, and just when you thought the hurricane couldn't get worse, um, and by the way, uh, President said very little about the impact of the hurricane before it even got to america yeah we only really heard about it in this story where it was like it's gonna hit florida then it's gonna hit alabama so we need to be careful um we didn't hear anything about it which was strange and then i read a story later in the week that uh, really made it make sense 
um, because a bunch of people in the Bahamas tried to get on a ferry that regularly comes to the United States, Mm -hmm. a ferry which they are allowed to ride so long as they show up with photo ID and a copy of their criminal record that says they've not committed any felonies. And then they can get in the United States. Do you just have fine. a copy of your criminal record if there's nothing on it? You have to go to the police and get a copy of them oh. pulling your p- record to get on the boat. Gotcha. Uh, now that's been satisfactory, and you don't need a visa. But <laughs> all now, of a sudden, it gets hit with a hurricane. And yeah, <laughs> and now that people are running for their lives, it's like, well, well I mean, we might have been lax before, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be lax now. <laughs> so what we need from you now is three forms of federally issued ID uh, issued by the United States. Um, it, it, we live in the Bahamas. Nope, doesn't matter. I need U.S. federally issued ID uh, and a visa, not just the uh, criminal record check. Yeah. So basically uh, what Trump realized is that everyone in the Bahamas, well, most of the people in the Bahamas are brown people. Yeah. And fuck them, who cares? So, uh, yeah, so they're all just going to eh, just screw them, you know? Yeah. Well, who cares? But then <sighs> the continuation of this week with uh, Sharpie Gate yeah. and, like, it's the, conti- the 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 never-ending story of Trump gets caught in a whopper of a lie. Yeah. And then all the shit that happens to appease his ego. <laughs> I mean, so the the big story that came out today is that Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, who I guess is in charge of the NOAA somehow. I didn't even... So wait, where is he? He's... He's Commerce. Commerce. So maybe... Yeah, I don't. Uh, it seemed like from the story I was reading, he is the Commerce Department is in charge of the NOAA, but yeah. I don't understand how they tie together. Well, you know, so but, the Coast Guard is military, is military, right? But it's actually in the Homeland Security Department. Mm. Uh, was it? Is it Homeland Security? Yeah, Homeland Security Department. So, as opposed to defense, yes, the yeah. government makes. No sense. Um, <laughs> and likely uh, a lot of that stuff started and it made sense when it started. Like um, the ATF is actually in the Treasury. Yeah. Just like the Secret Service. Right. Despite the fact that they have nothing to do with Treasury anymore. Yeah. But they're overseen by the Treasury Secretary. So. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Who knows? Uh, so <laughs> apparently, word, apparently word got down to the people in the Birmingham field office who who. Uh, said that Trump's tweet was not to be listened to uh, and said, uh, we're going to start firing people if you don't issue a retraction of that statement. Yeah. And then a bunch of people said no. And then the national NOAA released a statement saying there was a chance that the hurricane could have hit Alabama and the president was correct. But apparently in the process of getting that statement out, Wilbur Ross also fired, threatened to fire a lot of people in the national office that they didn't do it. Yeah. So... Just to, rather than Trump saying, hey, I heard this. I don't know where I heard it from, but I heard it. I'm sorry. Like, like which almost just, any other politician which could have just have. blown the whole yeah. situation away. Yeah. He spends an entire week going, no, I'm right. You're wrong. Like, I know this. Look at my map with I mean, the again, curly drawn Sharpie. If <laughs> like if any other person did any one of these things. Yeah, that would be it. But instead, we have a toddler in the White <laughs> House. Like, literally, I. I see in him the same things that I see in my nephew, where it's just like, no, it's, I know you lied. No, no. It's like, you, you're you wearing the hat that I'm accusing you of taking. Nope. Not the hat. I can see Never it the hat. on your head. It wasn't the hat. You just thought it was the hat. Nope. Nope, not the hat. I just can't. Like, okay. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank it's, you. It's so fucking exhausting, too. Like, yes. 
you know, I hoped that at some point uh, that Trump would go a little bit too far with something in in regards to emoluments and get smacked down for it. Just like somebody would realize that, you know, Turkey just bought every single room in the Trump hotel mm-hmm. and Trump went over there and said, thank you for your business. Yeah. And now he's tied up in some sort of congressional problem with like them hammering him for this. But it doesn't seem to want to happen. And no. the fact that it doesn't happen is causing more problems because he thinks he can get away with it. Right. Like and um, at some point, this is going to end with him saying, well, you know how much money I made when I was president. Yes. Uh, I mean, approximately three days after he's not in the White House, he will brag about how much money he made from being. President. Something tells me he does it before. I don't I don't. <laughs> He's but along those lines, uh, Vice President Trump, or <laughs> Vice President Pence. Pence, traveled to Ireland. Yes. Um, where, uh, lo and behold, Trump has a golf resort. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of business on the east side of the island, and uh, it just made sense for him to stay at Trump's golf resort. Except that resort's on the west side of the island. Now, yeah. now some of you who've traveled some might be saying, "Hey, listen." Ireland's not that big of a country. What's the big deal? Uh, I've been to Oahu, and you can drive that whole thing in an hour. <coughs> Ireland's a bit bigger than that. Yeah. Um, so much so that... Uh, you need to fly. Yeah, and he did. Uh, he flew Air Force Two from one side of the island to the other as a commuter jet. A, a jet that cost like $150,000 to get off the ground. Yeah. He flew, and not not like... $150,000 per trip, no matter where you go. No, to get it off the ground, $150,000, yeah. and then the trip is extra. Um, he took it from one side of the island to the other, and then back, and then back again, and then back in the morning, and then left wherever he was going. Right. So four trips, four unnecessary trips, instead of just staying locally somewhere near where the business was. But that wouldn't have helped Trump at all. That's the, right. pro- that's the thing. And then the other one is the uh, uh, Trump Resort being used as a stopover in Scotland. Despite uh, the fact... A, a resort that apparently was losing a lot of money prior to Trump becoming mm. president. Strange. And then all of a sudden has turned an incredible profit this year. Yes. Uh, and this, uh, the pilot stopping there, despite the fact that there is an air base, I don't know, like what they said, like 150 miles away, mm-hmm. uh, that is actually directly in the flight plan of a plane headed back to the U.S. <laughs> and this resort where they must land is actually out of the way. So yeah. they go out of the way to land at the resort and stay there. Um, the per diem they're giving do- given doesn't pay for dinner at this resort. So these guys were going to a restaurant and then basically having to come out of pocket instead of eating their meal paid for, which is yeah. ideal. Um, and uh, costing extra fuel, extra time, extra everything for the U.S. government. But uh, the president made out, though. So I guess that's good, right? It's just amazing to me. Like... <laughs> The at, at some point a law needs to be passed, right? Because like no, we have think, a law. That's what the that, emoluments clause is. You would think that the emoluments clause would handle it, but apparently it doesn't. So there needs to be some sort of way that like, because like what what is it right now with the emoluments clause? Because I know there were a bunch of cases that were opened like pretty much as soon as Trump became president. Yeah, and a lot of them got tossed. One of them was over the DC hotel, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. like some other hotel owner in the area said that it would negatively impact their business if people knew that they had to stay at the Trump Hotel to curry favor with Trump. Yes. Whereas yeah. they used to stay at this hotel a lot more because it was the closest one to Capitol Hill. Right. Uh, you can't prove damages. 
Mm. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, maybe they had a really bad time the last time they came to your hotel, and that's why they're not uh, coming yeah. to your hotel anymore. Uh, all you can prove is that more people are staying there, which is great. But also, maybe they just stepped their service. Maybe they are doing something different. Maybe, maybe there's more sucks. people who are coming to D.C. than before. Yep. Yeah. You never know. Never can say. And that's the problem with most of these monuments clause cases is that, like, if a private citizen's bringing it, it's difficult to prove. Yeah. Uh, it looks like you're just, like, bitter and anything connected to the president you'll fight about. But ordering pilots to fly out of their way and stay at a place where they can't afford the food that you serve there seems like a much clearer violation of yeah. the Monuments Clause. Uh, and yet... I mean, the the other part is just the amount of taxpayer money that goes towards trips to these places. So, you know, Trump goes to Mar-a-Lago twice a month. Yeah. When he goes to Mar-a-Lago, that means that rooms have to be booked for... All the people who travel with the president, the Secret Service, everything like that. If Trump's out on a golf course, then the Secret Service has to rent golf carts from the Trump, Trump. Resort yep. to go around and do the job of protecting the president. Yep. Uh, all these things are money that's going directly from our pocket to his. Well, listen, he's giving them a discount, of course. They can't take a discount. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Even the president's uh, at the president's hotels, they can't get a discount. And there has been reports that the the cost of these things have skyrocketed since he became president. Strange. Strange <laughs> how that would work. So you're staying at these resorts that have way higher fees than they did prior to him being president. Well, to the, take advantage of all the additional rentals and stuff. The good news is that the system of government, the system of elections we have works. And he's got three challengers <clears throat> coming up in this uh, election so we'll have some fair and free primary elections in these states, and we'll have to figure out who's the best candidate. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, three states have decided to cancel their primaries for the GOP side. Oh, so oh, well, Trump I won't mean, even have to face a possible yeah. opponent in those states. And here's the weird thing. Um, we're a divided country. That's clear. It's gotten more divided since 2016. I mean, it was divided in 2012. It got more divided in 2016. Now it's like the worst it's ever been. Um, but you have some states that are doing things like California. To get on the ballot, you have to produce your tax returns. Just mm -hmm. the people should know who it is that they're getting, uh, that they're electing. And then on the other side of the coin, you have, and it's not the state, uh, you know, just to be clear, it's not the state. It is the Republican of Party election. of the state. Yes. The, yeah. the, the Republican Party leadership is canceling primaries, despite the fact that they have four candidates on the ballot. Yeah. They're saying, we're going to give all of our um, nominees to Trump at the convention. Well, I'm sure their argument is Trump is so popular and everyone, he's going to win these elections anyway. Yeah. These primaries anyway. So why are we having a primary where somebody is coming to dirty up our nominee for yes. president? Because uh, all, all Walsh is going to do or... Uh, Bill Weld or any of these people who are thinking Mark about Sanford. Mark Sanford yeah. running against Trump is just point out what a lunatic he is, how <laughs> unfit he is for office, and the Republicans don't want that message getting out there. Well, listen, especially funny, from their side. Funny thing about that, he's a lunatic and he's Damn. unfit for office. <laughs> Newsflash. Um. So the the one of the uh, articles that I read today, uh, from a right leaning publication, basically was like. Kudos to the GOP saving money on a primary election. Here's the thing, though. Uh, of all the money we waste all over the country. We waste money in general elections in like Maryland, too. Yes. Like 
where we just have it, even yeah. though there is no other candidate. <laughs> but we do that because sometimes the appearance of fairness is more important. Yeah. Even when we know, like, listen, there's no way this is going to happen. Trump's going to win re-election. Yes. I mean, like, I, I just think the problem is the the to me what i wouldn't why i wouldn't want to if i was the head of the nevada republican party and i'm in charge of getting this primary in order and stuff like that the reason i would want to keep it even if i don't want people talking shit about the president on our primary kind of thing yeah is because what if something happens like uh right now i'm not trying to wish ill on anybody but i'm saying like joe biden dies tomorrow then all of a sudden, this whole election, this whole primary on the Democratic side is up for up for election or yep. up for grabs. Yeah, because there's some people who are in the lead, but that's a huge number of votes that were committed to Biden or a whole a lot of hypothetical votes that were committed to Biden. And who gets those votes and where does he where how do these things move and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, the reason why, like Pete Buttigieg is still in the race, even though he's been falling back in the polls. Uh, no one, is no vote has been cast. No vote has been cast. Yeah. And, you know, Biden is one really awful gaff away from having to back out of this race. And then maybe Buttigieg takes over that. I'm a little bit to the right of Bernie and Elizabeth, but I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not uh Biden bad. I'm just like in the middle between the yeah. two and I can come up with sensible solutions and we should all come together under my leadership and blah, blah, blah. And as a reminder, uh, Joe Biden has in fact put a foot in his mouth in a presidential campaign in four previous decades. So, <laughs> Many times. Uh, I feel like it's a good bet to make before a vote is cast. You know what? I'm gonna I'm just going to hang out and see what happens. Uh, and uh, he is. So and, and, uh, speaking of the Democrats, um, it's not like they don't have other things to do. Uh, my favorite story of the week, Bill de Blasio, who is running for president of the United States, apparently had a seven-hour work month in yeah. August. As mayor of New York City. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah. I, I wouldn't know because I haven't seen anyone working on it. It's uh, uh it's often uh decry or uh often called the second most difficult job in the government. Yes. Mayor Next of New York what? City. President of the United uh, States. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So um yeah, not not a good look. Yeah. Um what I imagine his campaign would be saying though is uh it is more important for New Yorkers that Bill de Blasio be president mm -hmm. over Donald Trump. And he's the best person because of blah, 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 and blah. And uh, he can't be in two places at the same time. He can't yeah. be in New York and in Iowa at the same time. So uh, for the greater good of New York, he has to be elsewhere. But he's still doing the work, even if he's not physically there. When I was going to say that the response that I did see was the, listen, New York is one of the most technologically advanced cities in the world. He doesn't physically have to be in City Hall yeah. in order for him to do the job of mayor. And I'm like, you're right, but I feel like you need to be in New York to do the job of being mayor of well, New York. The one that the one that gets me is that this is this has been brought up with De Blasio as mayor before, how little he's actually in the office. Yeah. And on top of that, the uh where he lives, which isn't in what it, it's like Gracie Manor is the one Gracie for the, Manor, yes. for the city, for the mayor. Uh, I don't think he lives in Gracie Manor. No. I think he lives like up north of New York City a little bit and commutes in every day mm -hmm. and like also goes to the gym in the morning before he goes. Because like there was a lot of stories about him like he'll wake up at 6 a.m. But he doesn't show up at the city hall until like noon because it takes him an hour and a half to get there. Yeah. And he goes to the gym on the way. And I mean, at Gracie Mansion, it becomes his like. 
oh, we got an event that's going to wrap up at 10 p.m. Yeah. I guess I'll stay at the right. mansion tonight uh, just so I don't get back here at 2 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, is kind of, maybe he is fit for president because that's kind of how Trump started his campaign. You know, <laughs> like right? The Mar-a-Lago stuff. Go, going to Mar-a-Lago, going to New York, and yeah. just kind of living everywhere but the White House. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah maybe, it's, maybe we're on to something. There. Maybe he's the one. <laughs> maybe this is the new way. Yeah. But that, that begs a question that I really wanted to, t- to touch on, which is all of these candidates who have uh, jobs currently, yeah. political jobs especially, what do they owe their current job versus the time it takes to run for president? In your opinion, anyway. In my opinion, I think that, uh, number one, if something happens, you need to be there. You need to, you need to have a campaign that allows you to drop everything and go back to wherever you're from. Uh, in go a situa- back to where you're from. Well, I didn't mean it like that, but you know, like uh, uh, we were talking about Buttigieg. Buttigieg, when there was a police shooting, suspended his campaign, stopped all events, went back to South Bend. That's how I feel like this situation should be handled. If you are, you know, something like a mayor, <laughs> like, you know, as something, right. something goes on in New York, I don't want De Blasio in Iowa going like, "Do you see what happened in New York today?" Crazy. Like, yeah. Glad I, I was on there. the plane getting there, like. Well, and I think that the, uh, you know, again, the Blasio campaign would make some kind of argument about, well, uh, you know, it's he's at a disadvantage, though, because um, the senators. Yeah, there's some kind of neck injury that just yeah, happened that's on no, Monday Night Football. That's no bueno. Yeah, he hasn't moved since he went down either. So, yeah. Oh, and his own teammate did it to him, yeah, too. Yeah, like that. Oh, that leg the other around. guy. Oh, yeah. That's a nice compression neck injury. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So um, that's the, your update on the Monday Night Football. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Bill de Blasio uh, is at a disadvantage because uh, Bernie Sanders is a senator, but he's a national figure. Yeah. And I mean, the mayor of New York's a national figure, but, you know, it's not 2001 anymore. He's not that kind of national figure. And uh, I, I think Bill is at the same disadvantage that like Beto is where it's just like. You really just can't be there for every... The House has a ton of votes. Yeah. The Senate is way easier to be like, we know when the vote's going to happen. <laughs> Never. Everything's <laughs> scheduled. Yeah, basically, they don't vote on anything. It's like, when's our committee hearings? Uh, It's uh, three weeks from Thursday. All right, so I'll be back in three weeks. Like, I don't need to be there for most of the stuff. Um, You can go sit on the floor and listen to other people talk. Bernie, but that's really it. all the senators in this race can make a compelling argument of just like... uh. Uh, there's been some rap about Bill de Blasio only spending seven hours working uh, this past month. I'd like to say that I join him in not working nearly as much because every day I pick up this phone and I call up Mitch McConnell. And I say, when are we going to work? And oh, he never calls me back. Now, see, there you go. That's good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like I it's I, like I, don't I only understand. I only work seven hours a month because somebody else is obstructing us from doing so. Yeah. I don't understand bring me why. in as president and I'll work. 90 hours a week. If I was Bill, I, I would be happy I'm to get to for work. this, you know? Yeah, I if I was Bill, I'd be happy to get back to work. Too bad I work in the Senate where we can't get anything accomplished. Yeah. But then again, uh, Beto can't say that because yeah. the Democrats have the House. I mean, yeah. they're not doing anything, but they have the House. Um, and it, it just, you get put in a tough spot. But I think that, like, Pete has, for the best of his ability, balanced out those two things. When things happen at home, he went home. He yeah. didn't sound like a president or a guy running for president. He sounded like a mayor who was concerned about his town. Um, and Bill de Blasio is the opposite, where it's just like, I mean, I come from a place on the East Coast. It, it's a big city. You don't need to worry about it. So let's talk about me being president. I mean, I, I think that Bill de Blasio, too, it benefits him 
to have some distance from New York as well, as far as running for office. Yeah. Because I think what, at the end of the day, is a message that seems to be resonating with Democrats the most is the idea of uh, the absurdly wealthy Wall Street, these corporations who, you know, like Amazon, who you pay more for your prime membership than they do in taxes and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And when you're in New York, you're in the you're in the inferno of those rich uh, people that you're trying to uh, to coddle to and also punish at a at a rate that it seems like you're you're making friends on both sides. You know, Isn't you need to look like you're punishing the Wall Street people from a regular Joe standpoint. But J- Wall Street needs to know you're on their side when it really comes to it. Isn't Bill de Blasio a millionaire? Yes. Industrialist. Yeah. OK. I just just checking, just checking on that. Like, pretty sure that he is the guy who most of the other candidates are railing about. Yeah. Oh, and and it that makes it more difficult for him to yeah. rail against the absurdly yeah. rich. But uh, so anyway, uh, I think the overarching message here is uh, I don't believe that Kamala or Cory Booker or Bernie or Elizabeth have missed any votes. No. But I also not a hundred percent sure that there has been a vote on the Senate floor. In the last I mean, three or four the, weeks. The other side of it, too, I mean, just as, as a as a cap on this issue is that, like, uh, Bernie is so popular in Vermont. Oh, yeah. That, you know, like, it, it, it's something where to ha- if if he, you know, like, uh, went into a coma or something like that. He might still win. The, the people in Vermont would just be like, can we just let him roll until he gets out of it? Like, you know, like, I don't, I I don't, don't need want- I don't need a replacement senator. <laughs> I don't want him waking up the day after election day and then looking at us and being like. <laughs> Why? What happened? Yeah, <laughs> and then we got to wait six years to elect him again. No, yeah. no, no I, he stays. We can't have that. He's fine. Can't have that. People of Vermont would would like him to stay, and yes. I think that if they're okay with the level of representation that they're getting, that's the th- at the end of the day, that's what's important. Yes. Uh, you know, with some if, with the Blasio, they were already New Yorkers were already kind of sick of how little work he was doing. Yeah. So to add on to that is kind of insulting to them. You know, like, and he's not up for re-election again, right? Like. He just won. He like literally just won. I think like it was in the midterms, wasn't it? Uh, maybe. Yeah. And also, did anybody run against him? Somebody did, but <laughs> nobody, no, nobody real. I mean, we have, it was just the rent is too damn high guy, and that's, we've railed against this so many times. But like, I know the, there was like uh, Cynthia Nixon wrote, ran against Cuomo. Yeah, for the Senate, for the Senate seat. No, no, for the governorship. Governorship. Right, yeah. Right. But I, we rail against this a lot, but. The local elections are so important because if de Blasio had a tough mayoral reelection, he doesn't run for president. Yeah. He's just like, I barely won mayor of New York. He squeaks by with a 51 per- <laughs> Yeah, I need, to, I need to get my shit together right here. I can't be <laughs> doing this other stuff. Um, and also, you know, they're the ones who, who draw the lines and then we vote on the, in the lines for the national election. It's very complicated, but just please go vote in your elections. Yes. Uh, or be like me and just don't vote because... <laughs> It doesn't really matter. I mean, let's be honest. But anyway, uh, speaking of... It's really important, but it doesn't matter. uh, I mean, I I say it's important because in the grand scheme, in the health of the republic, it's very important. But I'm not giving vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin D to a dude with cancer. At some point, you just have to cut out what's poisoning you and Mm -hmm. then worry about getting them healthy again. But... We can't be doing these little half measures of like, make sure you go vote. No. How about this? Let's go chop the heads off of all of the rich people who are killing our republic. And then we can worry about little, little stuff. 
that's going to be extra, like going to vote. Should we talk about Felicity Huffman then? Is that well? Is that I was going to say. Is that uh, what you're trying to lead us to? Speaking of rich people who probably need to have their heads chopped off, and listen, maybe not. But how about uh, how about she does one fifth of the jail time that a poor single mother in Texas got? Oh. Sorry, that was a Monday Night Football related reaction. I feel like we need to turn the TV off. Corey, Corey is not able to focus right now. But uh, how about Felicia? Let's reset. Yeah. How about Felicity Huffman get one fifth of the time that a poor single mother in Texas got for is that very similar crime? Why don't you uh, tell us what the crime was specifically and what the punishment was? Okay. So uh, for those of you who don't follow the news, oh here, let me just take Corey off the camera since he's not really paying attention at all. So. Uh, Felicity Huffman, as uh, you guys may or may not know, famously uh, bribed her oldest daughter's way into college. And apparently, according to the plea that she made, had considered doing the same for her youngest daughter, but didn't, Mm. at least as far as they could prove. Right. Or as far as she thought they could prove and turned out to be right. Um, A few years ago, we talked about a story about a mother who, in order to get her child into a better school district used her mother's address as her home address and then dropped her daughter off at her mother's house every day to get picked up by the bus to get picked up by the bus. So in fact, she defrauded maybe that school system um, by sending a student there who didn't deserve to be there or shouldn't have been there. Uh, That mother, uh, I'm going to give you a one. uh, I'll give you two guesses. What's the uh, race of that mother? Black. Okay, she's black. And let me give you, uh, you can use your one other guess on this. I uh, guess the socioeconomic status of that, that person. Poor. Poor and black. And yeah. in Texas, which, uh, not a great combination. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, but she got five years in prison and convicted of a felony for dropping her daughter off at her mother's house to catch the bus to a better school. Yeah. So that arguably... Her daughter could get into a good college and advance in life yeah. rather than kind of having the same life that she had. Right. Um, now, Felicity Huffman is already rich. And she's already white. And she's an actress. And she's married to an William actor. William H. Macy. Yes. Who is also rich and white and an actor. They also live in L.A., which all complaints aside is a pretty fucking good school district, but they send their kids to private school anyway. Mm-hmm. So after their kids have had all the, literally every advantage you possibly could, they're eating Trader Joe's and Whole Foods at every meal. <laughs> they're going to a private school. You got Trader Joe's money. <laughs> they literally have every advantage. And still your kid is so fucking dumb that you have to pay their way into college. <laughs> Meanwhile, on this side of the equation, I got, a poor brown kid from the wrong side of the tracks who literally is just crossing the tracks to get into a better school because she's smart enough to make it, but she doesn't have the advantages that any that someone literally a mile and a half away has. Yeah. So you cheat a little bit. Not really even cheat. You go to grandma's house. Here's the thing, the ironic thing. If that mother had turned over custody of her child to her mother, to the child's grandmother, mm. no laws are broken. Yeah. But because she kept custody and she dropped her off at the house, now it's fraud. She's doing five years. Felicity Huffman looks like uh, recommended by the state. By the way, I, I reread that story. She didn't get 30 days. The state is recommending 30 days. Yeah. The judge has it's in his full purview to assign whatever punishment he wants. 
up to six months. That's that's the max that she can do. Even if she does 30 days, even if she's sentenced for 30 days, though, she probably ends up doing 10. If, if that. that. Yeah. If that. If the, Just because uh, they'll say, because a lot of people who get sentenced for like a month in some sort of case like this are either done. It's either done like in a work release type thing where like you're off on the weekdays and you go to jail on the week that weekends yep. until you've done your 30 days. So 15 straight weeks of going to jail on the weekends, essentially. Yep. Or uh, you basically do five to ten days and then they let you out because of prison overcrowding. Or what they do oftentimes with wealthy people is to say, the jail is super crowded. We would let you go in seven days. So your options are to do 30 days of weekends because that makes more sense. Or we will let you pay for a restricted access residential facility, like a halfway house that you can't leave. And you only have to do five or seven days there. Yeah. Now, at your own cost, which, by the way, doesn't hurt them at all. Yeah. She's already paying like $100,000 in fines. And and, and th- this is the thing I was talking about outside. Th- I mean, really what this case boils down to is uh, more than likely, because I don't know all the specifics of both the cases, but uh, to me, it sounds like an open and shut case of Felicity Huffman can afford better lawyers because... Felicity Huffman gets a lawyer who's able to use any kind of advantage he has, any kind of leeway he has to be able to talk down any possible crime to its smallest possible version of a plea bargain. See, and 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 you think that the cost of a lawyer has that involved. It's not that. It's that she can afford a lawyer who goes to the same $1,000 a plate dinners that the state's attorney goes to. Well, I mean, that that helps as well. But I'm saying like when you... What's his name? No, Gil's not still a state's attorney, right? (laughs) Right. No, no, he's not. Who, who's the state's attorney for L.A. County? Yeah, the district district attorney. No. I don't know. Anyway, it's not yeah. Gil Garcetti. But no, just imagine was, Gil Garcetti. That was 30 years ago. Yeah, that, was, that was the O.J. Simpson case. Yeah. I almost said uh, Eric, and yeah. I was like, wait, no, nope, he's not state's Not attorney. a lawyer. Not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but no, it, it's it's that the political connections are what comes from getting a, a big-time lawyer. Yeah. Because it's I... Broke dick lawyer could argue all the same things that that other lawyer could argue. But what I don't have is a, like I walk in and I'm like, Mr. No, but uh, Mr. Baker, thank you. No, I, listen, I'd love to chat with you about this case. And then a uh, big dick lawyer comes in and he's just like, Bill, Bill, great to see you. Uh, yeah, listen. So uh, my girl over here, you know, uh, here's the deal. Um, we both know this, some, some mistakes were made. Uh, let me tell you what she's going to do and what you're going to do. Yeah. And then after that, you tell me if that makes you happy, if it doesn't make you happy. And I'm here asking for things. He walks in telling you what's going to happen. Well, because I mean, he's your friend. In in addition to besides the influence that a higher price lawyer has in that regard as well is also the fact that if you can throw money at I mean, how many how many court cases do you think you could have defended better if you had 10 paralegals and a couple investigators working on. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, mean like it, the resources of you being able to do your job at the end of the day, when, when people spend a lot of money on lawyers, it's not a lot of it has to do with the prestige of hiring a lawyer. You know, if you hire a Garagos or a Gloria Allred or a, a Cochrane or something yes. like that, there's a, you you're paying for the name and a large right. part of that. But, uh, and you're also paying for their influence and stuff like that. But what you're also paying for is Garagos can go into his office, have 10 paralegals work on the case that he's working on, have five private investigators out there 
turning over every stone. Yes. And then he gets the whole pot of the information and he can look at it from a thousand yards up and say, okay, well, based off of the information that everyone's put together, we can't go this route because we'll get slammed on this. And then uh, what would be the more advantageous, advantageous route would be to go this way because there's precedent here in this case Mm -hmm. that I know because my father worked on that case that went to the Supreme court, you know, like those types of things. Whereas you have, you know, somebody comes to you with their domestic violence charge yeah, and you're going to defend them and you have a couple days before the trial yeah. <laughs> to figure out the entire case and, well, and how it, you're going to be able to try it and how you can get a lesser sentence. And It's a switch in resources because if I am almost sure that the Texas mother had the um, office of the public defender. And they have too many cases and not enough resources. And the yeah. state got them in a bit where they're like, listen, I got a ton of paperwork. I'm going to make you look through and I got a ton. Yeah. Of, it's all this stuff. Or we can just, uh, you know, plead this out. And she didn't plead out. She actually took it in and lost anyway. But I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, Gergos put you in the other position where he's like, I'm going to give you 90 boxes of discovery yeah. that you're going to have to pay your staff to look through or listen. Here's what we can do. We can just plead it out. We just plead it out, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to accept anything less than one year. Or I'm not going to accept anything more than one year. Yeah. Um, and if you come to me with one year, I'm still going to dump 40 boxes on you and make you go through all the motions before I'll take a year. Yeah. Now, listen, you come to me with six months, maybe 30 days. Well, now that discovery doesn't leave my office. Yeah, I paid my guys to do it. Right. But... She paid my guys to do it. I yeah. didn't pay shit. Right. She paid my guys to do it. And uh, we'll just call it even. Yeah. And but I'm saying, like, if Felicity Huffman says, fuck this, I'm going to trial. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Then she's going to spend. There's a chance that she spends five years in jail, too. Yes. Uh, and I, that that's all I'm saying with the talking down a, well, a so, potential plea is that, like, a, a high-priced lawyer can do things that a public defender can't. You think mm. that if I put a blind judge and a blind jury in a box that they would both get five years. And maybe you're right. I don't think so. I'm saying if, I think if it's a blind jury, a blind judge and the same exact legal representation, the same exactly representation. No, I, I don't I, think they both get five years. I, I think that not necessarily two cases in particular, but if you look at, if there were a hundred cases where it was, well, within see, that, was, that would fall within the spectrum of I where go these, the other way. I'm saying they both get 30 days. Where the jury comes back and they're like, listen, she did something wrong. We got to do something. Yeah. But really, really, uh, 30 days sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. The problem is you have a black woman in Texas who can't afford representation to give her that like spin that Garagos is going to give yeah. to a case. Uh, and you have a white woman who's a famous celebrity who can afford a lawyer. So she's got literally everything working for her. And she's in Los Angeles. <laughs> like She's got literally everything working for her. Um, it's just it's. The whole, I only practiced in one courtroom that had a, uh, a statue of justice, but I always found it ironic because it was in the courtroom of the most unjust unjust (laughs) judge that I ever had to go in front of, uh, a former state's attorney who just did not give a shit about you or any of your arguments. Like I would go in and I'd be like, listen, I'll take your case, but you need to understand something. You are paying me to reduce your jail time. That is it. Because you're going to do jail time. That is yeah. what is about to happen. And listen, if our roles are switched, I wouldn't need you. Because he's going to see me, and he's going to hear about my past, and that's going to be it. He's going to look at you, and he's going to hear about your past, and you're going to do some jail time. 
Yeah. Um, now I'm happy to do that. I'm going to happy to like spin all of this negativity as much as I can and try to like help get, you and get the state's <laughs> attorney to maybe spin a little bit of it too. Just like, well, you know, things aren't as bad as they look, your honor. Here's the, the facts of that case. Yeah. Which he doesn't have to do, but sometimes he can do. Like, yeah, it was assault with a deadly weapon, but your honor, uh, he there was a self defense offered at that uh, during that trial, and uh, I will say that the evidence was strong towards self defense. Now the judge didn't believe that claim, but I think that the evidence strongly weighed in favor of self defense. That being said, we're now seeking this. You know, there and- there there is compelling evidence. It's something that I don't hear getting talked about that often. I saw a couple. Uh, a couple articles written about it like a year ago or something like that about uh, a jury's perception of the race of the defendant yeah. and stuff like that where like because uh, th- it's hard to to find apples to apples comparisons on these things. But like the way they had figured it out was like that being black or Latino or anything like that automatically increased your your chance of going to jail yeah. and escalated the the possible. Uh, punishment that you would face now, almost and, on the basis of it here here's uh, and I actually, and that's the, uh, and again it's a problem because not every you know like even if you said I'm only gonna do larceny cases as a as a uh, as a baseline for this like yep. I'm not gonna extend it beyond larceny every larceny case is a little bit different yeah who's stealing bread for their kids and who's stealing a you know a watch out of a display case you know so I actually thought about this uh, a couple years ago. Uh, and here's a plan that I came up with. Let me know what you think about this. Okay. Technology has advanced to the point that you can be a talking dog and send me a message. Yeah. Right? We can yeah. FaceTime and you can be a dog. Yeah. What if? Now, a confrontation clause of the Constitution says that I, as a defendant, have the right to see everyone who's testifying against me. But also, the jury has the right to take in my reaction to yeah. any evidence offered and therefore... Get a if that's as, evidence, yeah. As that some, they can take in. If somebody said, uh, I saw Corey the night of the crime outside of where the crime had occurred, and he had a knife in his hand, and I'm sitting there at, at the uh bench, and I'm just like, We'll fucking kill you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the like, jury needs to know about that, yeah. And I mean, so that's why. For in, uh, there are very few cases where the jury can't see the defendant. Yeah. And I mean, even not that, even when it's just like, um, what, uh, Scott Peterson, he didn't cry the entire time. Now they didn't hear that his lawyer was like, I need you not to cry. We got nine guys on there and I need them to not think you're a bitch. Cause yeah. if they think you're a bitch, they're going to turn on you. And I need one of them to be the guy who gets you off. Right. Right. But here's my thought. Technology advanced a lot. What if we put the jury in a different place? They're watching a video from a video screen. But when mm-hmm. they see the defendant, they see a digital version of Dave Chappelle playing a white guy. No matter who the defendant is, <laughs> it's always Dave Chappelle playing a white guy. Yeah. Because I think that's the perfect racially mixed person. It's, and it's like, eh, you know, he looks white, but he's got some black features and he's making fun of all the stereotypes from both sides. I think that that is a way we can get some true justice. So maybe Lady Justice isn't blind. Maybe... She's the next star of the Chappelle show. That's what I'm saying. Ashy Larry and Charlie Murphy <laughs> and Lady Justice. That's who we need to look to. Or we just put every single uh, criminal defendant in like a green suit with the dots. Yes. And then we can do a visual representation of their of their actions <laughs> from what the is next it? room. Uh, 
uh, you can the, the close. You can pick your avatar and stuff like that. Uh, what is the with the closing of the uh, the ball? Uh, now, if you excuse me, I need to go home and put some more water in Buck Nasty's mother's bowl. <laughs> if you excuse me, I need to fill up Buck Nasty's mother's dish. <laughs> and now I realize that like half the millennials who are, who are gonna watch are just like, who? What the fuck are they talking was about? Was that in the latest st- stand-up special from Chappelle? It wasn't. Uh, that was in 2004. When I you thought he just made that. fun of transgender people in that one. He did. Um, I don't even want to go down there. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here today, because uh, we're already over time. Um, because it may be the last time. Uh, one of these weeks may be the last week we can talk about England as a country, uh, or I suppose <laughs> the United Kingdom as a country. Um, a lot of shit going down over across the pond. Yeah. Um, this is unparalleled legacy it, <laughs> unraveling at Boris Johnson's feet. I, was gonna say, you, I want everyone to realize that England as a country came about in the year... 1066. That's a long time ago. That is when William the Conqueror, who was Norman, probably a Viking, crossed the English Channel, invaded and conquered England. Uh, Battle of Hastings, 1066. And established rule of law across all of southern England. And he said, this is the the land of the uh, uh, Ailes. Uh, <clears throat> Angs? Something like that. Anyway, yeah. it's where we get England from. Um, and between 1066 and now... Uh, they went from the southern tip of a very small island to the sun never setting on the British Empire, literally around the world. Yeah. I think there are 27 current countries who were not invaded or controlled at one point by the British Empire. That's a lot of countries. It's a lot of fucking countries. <laughs> um, and now the last remnants of this empire are back on this small island group and are about to fall apart uh, thanks to Boris Johnson. <laughs> and not only is the the empire about to fall apart, but like the government itself is about to fall apart. Yeah. Um so Brexit's still happening. Uh Boris Johnson has said that he will not call for an extension or he will not ask Europe for an extension. He'll do a no deal Brexit if uh he'll do a no deal Brexit. Um and then when everyone said we're not going to let you do a no deal Brexit, did you hear about that story? They didn't he ask the queen to like hold a parliamentary? He asked her to close parliament. Yeah. And she, because she's a figurehead of the government, basically does what the prime minister asks. Yeah. So they closed parliament today. Yeah. So now I think we have like nine weeks, 10 weeks until the deadline, until they have to be deal or no deal. And there's no, there's no parliament. Like <laughs> And he's not going to call elections. So the next time they have a parliament, the same parliament will come back. But they have this, and they're so fucking. Rich. Well, they have to hold new elections here soon, too, right? No, 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 no. The conservatives are in power. People are crossing over, but they haven't had a no confidence vote, and they haven't called for new elections. Um, here's the th- fucked up thing about constitutional um, democracy: the power the party in power really does have all the power it's really just about like you have to call them every seven years and then you wait till you're in a good position and right now they are not in a good position they're not going to call elections they just called them a little while ago right after right before brexit yeah so that would have been what three years ago so they got another four years yeah so they have to have them so they just keep coming back and even if they have no confidence that only gets rid of the prime minister it doesn't get rid of the the party yeah even if everybody crosses over to an oh no that's not true if they get a majority in any other party then 
they have to cancel the parliament and have a new election. Yeah. Uh, so they only get that if people cross the lines. But it's just it's insane to me. And and uh, here's what I was gonna say: they're so fucking British that they're screaming at each other on the floor of Congress or on the floor of the Parliament. And Boris Johnson gets up there and says that I've asked the the Queen to call progeny. I think is what it's called or progeny. And it's just the closing of Cong of the Parliament. Yeah. And. There's this whole pomp and circumstance nonsense where everyone gets dressed up in robes and fucking wigs. Yeah. And they're screaming at each other. Then he says, I've asked the queen for this and she's granted it. Here's the royal decree. Parliament is officially closed. They go from yelling at each other. They walk out. They go back to their little corners of West, uh, Westminster and get dressed up in the fucking robes yeah. and they come back and they come back and do their little ceremony. And when he leaves, like somebody from BBC just like goes up to the leader of the, the, um, uh, the minor party, but yeah. I can't remember what they call it there. Tories? Uh, no, no, the Tories are in control. It's oh, the, the labor labor party. Yeah. And they're just like, why would you possibly like be yelling across the room about how this is, this cannot happen. It cannot be allowed to occur. And then go get dressed up and come back for the pomp and circumstance. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's how we close Parliament. <laughs> and it's like, I, I've never seen a more British interview than the guy who was so confused about like, I don't understand what you mean. The Queen said to close Parliament. And so we closed it. And to close it, we have a ceremony. So I went and got my robe and my wig and we came and did the ceremony. Yeah. And it's like, in the United States, like there are groups of uh, people who like, Flee the state so that there's not like a vote on something. Yeah. And in Parliament, they're just like, oh, well, it's over now. Good job, boys. <laughs> and then like, let's just go put our wigs on and uh, and try to get something done. I, it just defies imagination. Anyway, so uh, England's probably going to fall apart. Um, as soon as Brexit happens, guaranteed Scotland has another referendum. And then they ask to rejoin the European Union. Uh, Wales will probably ask to leave. They will probably join the European Union. Uh, Northern Ireland is basically already Irish. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It's only uh, English in name. And I imagine that if there's not a war, there will be some kind of unpleasantness. I think there will be some unpleasantness in day one of yes. the, the Brexit. If there, Yes. Especially um, if there's no... Uh, <laughs> if, if this situation is just ignored between North Ireland and Ireland. There cannot be a border. <laughs> yeah. You cannot have a border. You need to be able to cross. It's the fucking Good Friday Accords. Anyway, so... My point is this. Everything is so cyclical. 1066, uh, William the Conqueror comes and he conquers and the southeast corner of this little island becomes a nation that will then, over the course of 500 years, take over the entire world. And then over the course of another, well, that's not true, over the course of 800 years, take over the whole world. And then over the course of 100 years, shrink down until it's once again back on the southeast corner of that (laughs) tiny island. Um, And not only that, but like, uh, go from king to uh, d- democracy, essentially, yeah. to true representative democracy, to this thing that they're doing now, which is very similar to what we have, which is not really democracy, but something close. Um, and then probably back to monarchy. Like, I imagine if it's just England, at some point they just have to be like, well, what's the point of voting, honestly? Like, let's just give it back to the queen and uh, she can run things. Yeah. Um, and I, It'll listen, be fine. Fuck all. Uh, we uh, we vote. We get Boris Johnson. I'd prefer just not to vote. I'll just take the queen again. That's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's not Harry. Who's the other one? William. William, he's a strapping lad, and uh, I, I just feel like if— Definitely if, not inbred. So. Probably, not, <laughs> probably not inbred. He's not 27 with a 
full bald head of hair and yeah. uh, you know uh, teeth. Transparent like, skin. Transparent yes. <laughs> blood disorder. Um, <laughs> so in the end, uh, I think we'll just uh, it'll be fine. We'll be fine. And uh, let's just how about this? We'll ask Elizabeth to step down. She can become queen mom, and we'll uh, skip over Charles because. No. And we'll go straight to William and we'll just let him be king again. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I say things are cyclical, but not unprecedented unprecedented in the history of England. They have before brought about democracy and then the people just basically been like, we can't be trusted. Can we bring the king back? We, we can't be trusted to make these decisions. We need a king again. And <laughs> we they need go an back, adult. We yeah, need an basically. adult. And then they go back to the king for like a hundred years and then they're like, wait a sec. And then two generations later, the kids are like, no, nah, fuck this. We need, we need <laughs> democracy. And, and the grandparents are just like, no, you don't understand. We chose, we chose the king because we're dumb and we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and so hopefully we'll get back to that again. And in fact, um, maybe we need a king, <clears throat> just not the current one that we have. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, which only leads me to my last point, which is, um, benevolent dictatorship. I'm just <laughs> going to make this pitch one more time. Uh, put me in power. Give me 18 years. Uh, no elections, no nothing. Just let me run shit for 18 years. Uh, I thought about, by the way, uh, back in 2005, mm-hmm. six maybe, uh, I got put on a list of like uh, young and upcoming policymakers. And uh, as part of that thing, I talked about running for president. And do you remember what year I was going to run for president? 2020. 2020. That yeah. would be this year. I was uh, supposed to Because this was going to be the first year you could potentially run. Yeah. So yeah. That would be this year. Uh, so all I'm arguing is this. Sometimes I wonder if the reason why you're so pro Buttigieg is because you sort of see him a as your bit. like yeah the other route you could have taken yeah I mean I could have stayed a Republican and I probably could have you know been vice president right now <laughs> but anyway uh, all I'm saying is this uh not only Donald I won't say a word <laughs> not only will you improve the country not only will you improve your children's lives but you make a young man's dream come true <laughs> benevolent dictatorship 2020 just I, I call this dilemma 2020 because yeah. it, it's not even really a decision. There's nothing good. This is all horrible, but just put me in power. Give me from 2020 to 2048. No, wait, that's not good math. 2020 to 2038. And then I'll, I'll give up power. We can have free and fair elections once again. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Totally fine. Free and fair elections in 2038. Uh, and um, well, that's not really an, a nice even number. How about 2020? Let's go 20 years. And then, you know, I don't like 20 years. Maybe 24. So let's go to 2044. And then, uh, well, you know, I'll almost be dead at that point. Maybe I should just. I mean, why not just round up to 50 at that point? Yeah. I mean, or just run it out to the end of my life, maybe. And then. I mean, um, you know, just just let it happen is all. Any number of uh, of uh, bastard children that I have could then possibly take over after that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, but seriously. Mm-hmm. Benevolent dictatorship. Baby Think doc. About it. You can make it happen. This year. Shall we run through these last three things like super quick? Uh, if you want to. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, Sarah Palin is getting divorced. So. Uh, <laughs> and I just find that <laughs> Alert funny. the media. <laughs> I just find that funny. I, it's like uh, it couldn't happen to a better person. Good for me. <laughs> uh, Putin lo- loses seats in the Russian government. Yes. So uh, Russian, uh, his party is called the United Russia Party or Unite Russia Party, uh, which sounds a lot like a fascist party. Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert. It is. Um, But he did a lot of work to quash uh, minor parties from running. And it looks like basically everyone responded by saying, uh, well, hey, uh, fuck you and your party. And I don't even like that guy, but I'm going to vote for him just because he's not your party. So now it's 24 to 32 in the Moscow City uh, Assembly, 
which is the closest it's been maybe since the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Um, Boris Yeltsin's party ruled for a while, and then there was like a huge switch when Boris Yeltsin wasn't in the party anymore. And then the party that would become Putin's party took over. And he just kept securing more and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden there's this huge swing where it's away from his party. So good news, uh, except for our democracy, because he's going to be so pissed. Yeah. He's probably just going to make big moves to keep Donald elected. So he's going to drunkenly call Trump one night and just be like, bomb Idaho. It's just like, what? You heard me. I said, bomb Idaho. <laughs> I have the pee pee tip. <laughs> you bomb Idaho. I don't release it. You listen, Donald, are you listening to me? First he hits the red button, then he follows it up by a tweet saying, Idaho deserved it. <laughs> oh no, no. Oh, you know how he bombs Idaho? He finally says that white nationalists are a terrorist group. Oh, but wait, wait, he couldn't do that till after twenty twenty because he won't get reelected yeah. if he does that. Anyway, uh, last thing. The final thing. Uh there was a fire in Eagle Rock you wanted to uh Yeah, so uh local news, a little bit of local flair. Uh, super local to LA. Uh, there's a place called Eagle Rock, which is in between Glendale, Burbank, and downtown, basically. Mm. And, like east of downtown. No, it's north of downtown, east of Los Feliz. Oh, that's right. North south of, of Glendale, and then southeast of Burbank. Anyway, it, it's basically a crossroads of freeways. And uh, there was a uh, they called it a homeless encampment, but what I really feel like it was, and the people there were homeless, but it was just like. Not what you might think of as homeless. It was transitional. People who were like um, in campers and tents. Mm. And not on the sidewalk, but they'd found a place where they could all like kind of congregate and stay out of people's way. Uh, but the white folks in Eagle Rock just couldn't have that. So someone started a fire trying to burn them out of this little encampment that they had. Uh, and also, by the way, burn all of their earthly possessions because they have nothing else other than what they have with them. And... Uh, that plane went awry and started a wildfire that is now threatening the two and the 134 freeways. Uh, it's moving south towards the city. Um, and all because people hated homeless people so much, they tried to burn them. So I know we like to talk about, uh, you know, uh, well, my some of my friends from the East Coast like to talk about the uh, Democratic Republic of California. Yeah. And how, oh, you're so liberal with your nonsense. Listen, uh... I see a uh, Trump 2020 and a Confederate flag right around the corner from my work in Hollywood. Um, the cancer that fulfills every corner of the country. Um, all I'm hoping for is that we actually do secede and become the Republic of California so that we can pass laws mm -hmm. like you can't be a fucking Nazi <laughs> in 2020. That would be nice. You, you can't know. burn people alive. Yeah, don't yeah. burn people alive. Don't, because don't commit don't arson. Them. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I just hope they get charged with arson. That's, so, that's, no, they that's found fine. them. They found them and they've been charged. And I'm sure justice will be justice will be done. Unless, <laughs> you know, there are a rich kid with rich, famous parents. And then maybe they pull off the mask. Felicity Huffman. <laughs> you were supposed to stay off our radar. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you mm, pesky kids. You pesky police officers. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, lighting fires to things and solving all your problems, you know where else you can go to set a rager of a fire? Where's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Corridor the anthem.com with the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listening line 443 219 7595. What's that number again? 443 219 7595. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com. A brand new review. Don't watch it! it! 
for it chapter two is available right now uh you can find that on uh the podcast feed anchor.fm forward slash Corey baker film or uh on the youtube channel uh you can go to my website to find that and then uh facebook.com forward slash Corey baker uh film and at legends 5 on twitter instagram and snapchat and uh i know that i've become a little bit of the boy who cried wolf um It's been busy. Life's been busy. I've been doing stuff. I'm trying to get some, you know, screenplays finished and and done. And uh, I am so burnt. I'm wondering if you could even see my uh, <laughs> your farmer's tan. Yeah, I'm like super burned. It just kind of looks light pink. It's way brighter than it looks on camera, I think. Right? Am I <laughs> yeah. bright pink? Yeah. I got burned this weekend outside. We did like a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, not important. I haven't had time to do the Everyman movie reviews, <laughs> but if if there's another week like this, if I wasn't going to do it before, <laughs> if I was going to let Hobbs and Shaw slide, if I was going to let, what was the next one? Hobbs mm. and Shaw. Then there was one. On oh, uh, uh, scary stories. Scary stories. If I was going to let scary stories slide and Hobbs and Shaw slide, the rating that Corey gave it chapter two this week cannot stand. It cannot be allowed. So I like, I like how I asked Rob what he would have rated it. And it was like half a point difference. It, it's the very important half a point. It, it's, it's very important. I don't think it was that good. I and I think, think I need to reevaluate my score based on your score. I, I mean, like, you know what? Uh, I don't think I gave that enough love. I think it's, I think it's a C said. movie. That's, that's how I, that's how I rated it. That's <sighs> okay. So uh, a C minus film. I swear to you before we sit down in front of these mics again, <laughs> unless we do it on Saturday, I don't think we're going to do it on Saturday, but um, and so before we sit down in front of these mics again, I will have it shot and I will put it up. Uh, I realize, by the way, I have neglected my Patreon, so I'm gonna put it up for people on Patreon first, but then it'll be up for everybody else. So if you want to see it early, go to Patreon. If you don't, then just wait for it to be out on my, uh, you know, regular old feed of everything yeah. else. But every man movie reviews are gonna come this week because it cannot be allowed to stand any longer. <laughs> and I'm gonna try to pump out four of them. Right, back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> Just my last four reviews. Yes, I'm literally, this is what, I, the, my schedule is going to be based on what did Corey review shittily this week? All right, now let's fix your, this. Your intro is going to be like, hi, this is Rob with Everyman Movie Reviews of It Chapter 2. Fuck Corey. <laughs> did you watch Corey's Baker Filmmaker Review? Good. It sucked. Now let's talk about the movie. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek at all your social networks. Uh, make sure you check out robertandcheek.com. You can find links to my political blog, uh, the YouTube channel that's going to have a lot of new content on it coming up, uh, and the books, which are available on Amazon. Buy those books. Thank you. Uh, we are editing also uh, Faux, second edition, which will be out by the end of the month. Uh, I have a photographer, and I have some models, and we're going to shoot a cover, which is basically all that's left except for, you know, editing the book so after that's done (laughs) we'll be up but i am gonna get it up before the end of the month which means i have until four weeks from today it's four weeks left in the month yeah yeah because uh the 30th falls on a monday so extra day uh but i'm gonna get it out before the end of the month so make sure you check that out uh you're not gonna want to miss it uh it is my most popular book ever and i think for good measure and i do believe there's gonna be more violence and more sex in this version because i realized they edited out a lot of that stuff and I'm putting it back in because you deserve violence and sex. It's just going to be like the second half of it. Basically, yes. <laughs> just not the movie version, but the, the book, the, the book, book version. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The book. So, yeah, there will be an orgy in there somewhere. Mm. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Corey giving me inspiration. <laughs> back to the keyboard. <laughs> I think we've done good here today. <laughs> we've done something. I don't know if it's good. 
But as always, you're uh, listening to the O The Anthem podcast, part of the O The Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Almost got it in before we got home. Yeah, I know. Almost Seriously. got it in. Seriously, just then. What are you going to do?